This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hey there. We at Blue Wire wanted to thank you for your continued support of this podcast. With over 90 podcasts across our network, we are committed to bringing you great content to fill that sport-shaped hole in your heart. To find more Blue Wire Pods, search for us on iTunes or check out bluewirepods.com. And remember, one day sports will return and it will be glorious. Thanks for listening. On to the show. What's up, football fans? Welcome to Prospects 101, brought to you by Blue Wire Pods and Bet Online. This is the show where we discuss and analyze football prospects on all levels high school, college, and the NFL draft. You can follow and interact with us on social media at Prospects 101 Pod on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And you can also join our Discord. Welcome, everyone, to the first ever episode of Recruiting Roundup, a weekly show dedicated to to the week of news and recruiting. And man, was this a big week. By the way, my name's your ho- Kenny Keller. I'll be your host today. And I'm extremely excited to talk about everything that's happened, all the big news, all the big stories with recruiting uh, this week. And so let's jump right into it because I got to say I'm fired up. And, and one of the things I'm really fired up about is to ask the question, is Tennessee back? The national champions for the first time since 1951. They pull out a hard-fought victory against Florida State. 23-16 was... 47 years since Tennessee football has brought one of these home. We've got a special place for it. Thank you very much. I cannot remember the last time I've seen a college have a recruiting run that Tennessee had the past week and a half. I mean, absolutely incredible. Jeremy Pruitt and those guys have really started to turn the heat up in their program. And, and let me just kind of give you a, a quick rundown of, of what this has looked like, starting on April 26th. So Tennessee, at the time, I believe was like the 16th or 17th class in the country, according to 24-7, uh, going into April 26th. Well, that all changed because on April 26th, Five-star defensive end, Dylan Brooks commits. Anytime you get a five-star prospect, you're excited. Tennessee fan base is like, yes, all right. You know, Pruitt's definitely flexing his recruiting chops. Let's go. Then April 27th, the very next day, four-star safety Kamar Wilcoxon signs. And you're like, wow, back-to-back days. We've got a five-star and a four-star. This is a pretty good string. Then you wake up April 28th, the next day, boom. 
four-star wide receiver Julian Nixon commits. So now you're like, okay, we've got a five-star, a four-star, and a four-star recruiting back-to-back-to-back days. Like, this is cool. This is awesome. You know, Tennessee hasn't had this momentum in a long time. And then, you know, the 29th, nothing. You're like, okay, well, you know, all good things must come to an end. 29th, nothing happens. But then you wake up on the 30th, and you get two for the price of one to make up for the 29th. On April 30th, five-star outside linebacker Terrence Lewis commits. Another five-star. In four days, you've had two five-stars commit. Then then you get the top number one Juco running back in Tion Evans, a three-star recruit. But he's the number one Juco running back in the country. He commits. So in five, in five, in four days, you've had five stellar recruits. You know, then it kind of cools off for a day or two. Then on May 3rd, right back at it. Four-star running back Cody Brown. And then three-star safety Deshaun Rucker commits. And then on May 4th, three-star offensive tackle Colby Smith commits. In eight in nine days, you have eight commits. A five-star, a four-star, a four-star, a five-star, a three-star, a four-star, a three-star, a three-star. To jump you up to second in the rankings, Tennessee. I mean, I can't imagine a, a much better situation, a much better feeling if you're a Tennessee fan. I get it. You know, Butch Jones recruited well, duly recruited okay. And so you've had this kind of false sense of hope before. But something different feels is feeling about this. It's just a different feeling. I, I don't – everybody knows five-star recruits kind of start a domino effect. Well, it's happened. It's it's here. This is what being at a high level program looks like, and and I know we're in unprecedented times. Um, you know, with with how many people are recruiting right now, we'll kind of get into that a little bit later in the show. But based on the Jer, Jeremy Pruitt has had three recruiting classes now in a row that have progressively gotten better, and this is going to be the best one already. And you've already built a solid foundation. I get it. People are going to talk about, well, Tennessee lost to Georgia State last year. They lost to BYU. They started out 1-4. and four. I get it. They had pretty much the worst start you could imagine to their season last year. You know, losing to Georgia State and losing to BYU early on was really tough because you had Florida and Georgia early in the season. And, you know, those are pretty much guaranteed losses. Uh, but they finished eight and five with a bowl win over Indiana. They won seven of their last eight games. The only game they lost was to Alabama, which they played tough until Jar- Garantino uh, decided to change the play at the line of scrimmage on the goal line and fumble the ball and have Alabama return it all the way for a touchdown. And that was kind of really the straw that broke the camel's back. But look, if you're a Tennessee man fan, this has got to be some hope. And, and to put it in perspective. You know why they're starting to flex their recruiting muscles. Listen to this. This is pretty interesting because I actually did not know this until I kind of was playing around on twenty four seven sports the other day. Jeremy Pruitt, national recruiter of the year in twenty twelve and twenty thirteen at two different schools, Alabama and Florida State. T. Martin was a runner up in the national recruiting of the year 2014, 2015 and then won the national recruiter of the year in twenty sixteen at USC. And then Brian Niedermeyer was Recruiter of the Year last year at Tennessee. He's 2019's Recruiter of the Year. You have three elite recruiters. And Jeremy Pruitt is doing a heck of a job selling the brand. That you know, from what to turn around the season like he was able to turn it around last year, absolutely incredible. 
you're one and four. You're dead in the water. You lost to two G5 opponents. Like the season's borderline out of hand. And then you finish eight and five. I, I'm just extremely impressed at what Tennessee's going to do. And and not only that, the the breadth of what they've been able to do on this recruiting one, recruiting run, defensive end, five-star, four-star safety, four-star wide receiver, five-star outside linebacker, two major running backs, another safety, and an offensive lineman. Like, it's a pretty eclectic group. Like, it's 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 very impressive. You're building depth off of the two. You've already had two good recruiting classes in a row, and now you're about to have an elite one. So I'm hesitant to say Tennessee is back, but I'm not at all shy about saying I think their future is extremely bright. I think Jeremy Pruitt is a top 15 coach in the country, uh, and I think it's only a matter of time before he becomes he cracks into that top 10. Um, you know, he's one of the guys who helped turn Georgia into what it is now. And speaking of Georgia, <clears throat> there's a little bit of a bonus here as well. So this might not count, and you can't see me, but I'm doing air quotations. Might not count as a recruit, but they do have a transfer portal player in the name of Cade Mays who started 18 games for Georgia, seven as a true freshman, 11 as a sophomore, former five-star recruit. He's from Knoxville, big Tennessee guy, and now he's coming back home. And you remember, you might remember Cade Mays. His dad uh, had the unfortunate accident of having his finger, his pinky finger uh, chopped off, for lack of a better term, by a chair at a recruiting event in Georgia. Um, and they're actually suing the University of Georgia, which is probably why he's transferring. And it sounds like he's going to be able to get a waiver to transfer right away. Apparently, there's just been a whole lot of bad blood there. And it, everything's just been handled pretty poorly, it sounds like, altogether. So, you know, Cade Mays is going to be a part of that starting offensive line next year, it sounds like. I mean, that's, that's a, you just, this is another five-star transfer recruit you can put on, you can pencil in right there. So, Remember that when you're looking at this recruiting class, that Cade Mays is technically a part of it. He is a transfer, so I'm uh, I'm really bullish on Tennessee. I think I think they're gonna they're gonna give teams and they're gonna give the SEC a run for their money in the next year or two. And I think this is the point. This is really the turning point we're gonna look back at. Pardon this brief interruption, but we have some awesome news we'd like to bring you from our sponsors. With currently no NBA, NHL, or MLB, you might think, hey, there's nothing to bet on. Well, you'd be wrong. Our exclusive partner, BetOnline, still has hundreds of events, games, and props to wager on. From their online casino to poker and blackjack, they're bringing Vegas to you. Missing the NFL? No problem. BetOnline has live daily Madden NFL 20 simulations you can bet on. You can still bet on Survivor, Big Brother, American Idol, stock prices, and even the Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Contest. All open 24 hours a day and online. Use promo code BLUEWIRE to join today and receive your new welcome bonus. Bet online, your online wagering solution. Blue Chew! Guys, looking to last longer and go a few extra rounds? I don't know what guy isn't. Get to bluechew.com. BlueChew.com has the first ever chewable that brings your performance in the bedroom to another level. They've got the same active ingredients that are in Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work. And since they're chewable, they work faster. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach. Plus, you don't need to go to the doctor's office or spend time waiting in the pharmacy line. 
Blue Chew's online physician is free of cost, and once approved, your order ships straight to your door in discreet packaging. Here's a great deal for you guys. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first order free. That's right, I said free when you use promo code BLUEWIRE. Just pay $5 shipping. Again, that's B-L-U-E-CHEW.com. Promo code BLUEWIRE. In other news, Caleb Williams, number one quarterback recruit, uh, according to 24-7 Sports, um, trimmed his list Trimmed his list to three schools this week. Two, not a, two, two schools, not a surprise, Oklahoma, LSU. Oklahoma's turning quickly turning into quarterback U, uh, and LSU obviously just won the national championship, had 14 players drafted. So, uh, I mean, you can't really be fault him for putting those two. But uh, a third one, was which was interesting, maybe not necessarily surprising because he's from the area. He's from D.C., uh, which is coincidentally where we're from, the po- uh, Prospects 101 team. But uh, he chose Maryland. So you're telling me there's a chance. And Maryland's quietly turning in a decent recruiting class right now. They're in the top 15. They're 15th according to 24-7 Sports uh, at the time of this recording. And now they're one of the three finalists for the number one quarterback in the nation. Scotty Montgomery and Mike Loxley are definitely, definitely flexing their recruiting muscles. And it's good to see. Um you know, I, I, I gotta admit, I wasn't necessarily a huge Mike Loxley fan during the when they hired him, but I thought they showed a little bit of life last year. Uh, showed what the team could look like when they're playing at full strength. Uh, unfortunately, the season unraveled pretty quickly due to quarterback play and and everything kind of fell apart. But you saw what they could do. Uh, the first two games of the year, they dropped sixty plus points. So I, I think the, I think Loxley can coach him up. And Scotty Montgomery's always been known as a great recruiter, and so is Mike Loxley as well. Mike Loxley, if you remember, was at Alabama for a while. Uh, so, it, and it, just to be in the top three for Caleb Williams is huge because it shows, I think, other prospects that you can recruit, that you're obviously connecting with somebody. Granted, he's in your own backyard, but that's half the battle. You're supposed to you're supposed to be able to uh, have get interest from those recruits, but. Maryland for a long, long time hasn't. So, and, and their move to the Big Ten financially has been a success, but competitively has just absolutely crushed them. They were definitely way more competitive in the ACC. So, to get to be able to pull this out and get Caleb Williams would be absolutely stellar. I I tend to agree with the crystal ball. I think the Caleb's probably going to end uh, in Oklahoma, end up at Oklahoma. But I do think Maryland's going to have a top recruiting class again this year. And you're going to see some improvement there. I don't know if it's enough to obviously compete with the big dogs of the Big Ten. You know, your Ohio States, your Michigans, your Penn States. Um, I don't see them ever being up there, maybe occasionally a season but when it, when the stars align. But I just think to be able to get bowl eligible and to be competitive in the Big Ten would be a big uh, boon for Maryland. So. Hats off to them for being in the running for Caleb Williams. It's a big accomplishment. Now, I, I don't think he's going to end up at LSU unless, you know, we have a Fields from situation maybe. But I, I don't know if you guys heard. Garrett Neusmeyer, uh son of Doug Neusmeyer, number 12-ranked quarterback by 24-7 Sports, actually had just committed to LSU this week as well. And a big get, the number one pro-style pro, pro prospect out of the state of Texas. And I, a huge get for LSU, huge get because you've got Miles Brennan there. 
but you really don't have much behind Miles Brennan. You've got some recruits, um, but they're, they're, you don't hear a lot about them. They haven't really mentioned a lot about who's in the quarterback room around Miles Brennan. It's either been Miles Brennan or maybe they're going to go after a transfer, uh, a graduate transfer, which uh, outside of, um, yeah, they lost out on Anthony Brown. They lost out on Jamie Newman. So you don't have really many options left. Uh, in the transfer portal other than JT Daniels. JT Daniels would be the only one, which, by the way, if you're LSU or Tennessee uh, or anybody who feels like they're, they either need to maintain their level or take that next step, how are you not blowing up JT Daniels' phone right now? Uh, I don't. I, I know, obviously, he's got to apply for a waiver or some kind of hardship waiver um, because they still haven't decided on the uh, transfer rule yet. I know they've kind of pushed it due to um, – all this extenuating circumstances that are going on in the country right now, but you've got to be blowing him up unless you think miles Brennan and Jared Gartano are the guys. But remember JT Daniels was a five-star recruit top quarterback of his class. And then he reclassified to graduate high school early and started at USC for an entire season when he should have been a senior in high school. I mean, so the kids got skills and unfortunately he hurt, he got hurt last year and then Keaton Slovis took over and, and this is a whole other tangent for another day, but Keaton Slovis is a beast. I love Keaton Slovis. But, yeah, LSU just got Garrett Newsmeyer, who had one of the coolest commitment videos of all time. He kind of went through his roots, where he started, and then he, and then you can clearly see where his dad, Doug, had different stops along the way at Michigan State, at Alabama, all these different, all these different places. And he used Google Earth to, like, zoom in on the stadiums. It was really, really cool. Um, and so for LSU to get them, you know, they, they, they shore up their quarterback position moving forward. They get one of the top pro-style uh, pro prospects in the, in the country. Uh, number, like I said, number 12-ranked quarterback in the entire country of both dual and pro, pro uh, uh, prospects. So it's, uh, it's a good day to be an LSU fan if it wasn't already good uh, already. So speaking of staying with quarterbacks, not good news coming out of Virginia Tech, folks. The 13th ranked quarterback, Demetrius Davis, Demetrius Davis, apologies, uh, has decommitted from Virginia Tech and opened up his recruiting. Screw you! You're fired! And as you know, my co-host, Brandon Pastel, is a big, big Virginia Tech fan. And a couple days ago, him and I were texting back and forth about Justin Fuente and they're recruiting, and he's like, oh, he's back on track, like... We got this four-star uh, quarterback Damn. from Texas. We got this other kid, other four-star from Texas. And, you know, he's starting to recruit well again because if you don't know, Virginia Tech had the worst recruiting class ranked in the ACC last year. I'm going to repeat that so that will sink in. Virginia Tech had the worst recruiting class in the ACC last year. After coming off a very subpar season, where they got blown out by Duke, where they lost to Virginia for the first time in 15 years, and are, you know, by the looks of it, by the looks of things, starting to get passed by their rival, Virginia. You know, Virginia was in the Orange Bowl last year. Um, you know, they're recruiting well. They're middle of the pack in the ACC, but Bronco Mendenhall, in my opinion, is an elite coach versus where Justin Fuentes is not. And Fuentes got gonna have a little heat on him for losing this recruit I think that's tough you know he had been he had been committed since November and now here we are in May 
and he decommits, and it sounds like he's going to Auburn. You know, that's he. I know in his statement he said he's going to take some more visits to Blacksburg, and he's not, you know, on his way out. But it sounds like, it sounds like he is. It sounds like Chad Morris is about to flip him. Is what the rumors are saying, and even twenty four seven sports, their crystal ball now has updated that ninety two percent sure that he's going to commit to Auburn. So, you know, what is that going to do for Virginia Tech? Are they going to be able to rebound? Um, right now, they're I think ninth or tenth uh, in the ACC in recruiting, so they're the bottom half again. And they've had a lot of transfers too. Remember. Fuente made a very controversial statement when he said, if you enter the transfer portal, we don't want you back. Like, goodbye. Have a nice day. And there's been a lot of transfers out of that program the last couple of years. I think they're going to be okay this year. They're definitely going to be bowl eligible. I think they have enough talent with Hernan Hooker. You know, they're returning back at quarterback. They're returning 10 defensive starters. Uh, I know they have five offensive linemen coming back. So, you know, Fuente has to make something of it this year. If he fails to meet expectations, he's either going to get fired or his seat's going to be, you know, threat level midnight for you office fans out there. It's going to be hot. It's going to be at the, it's going to be an inferno underneath his seat, especially if he has back-to-back, if he doesn't live up to expectations this year and has back-to-back subpar recruiting seasons, that's not good. Let's just put it that way. It's not good. And, you know, I, I think, and then you got the ACC who's being dominated by Clemson. Like Virginia Tech was once the darling of the ACC, and now they're not even in, you know, they're not even in arm's length of Clemson. Speaking of Clemson, biggest recruiting news probably of outside of Tennessee this week, Will Shipley, the number three ranked running back by 27, 24-7 sports, commits to Clemson. The rich get richer. And not only that, Clemson already had a, t- a commitment from a top 20 running back in Phil Maffa. He was a 17th ranked running back by 24 seven sports. So they have the number three and the number and the number uh, 17th ranked running back committed this year. I mean, and then you've already got Travis Etienne in the backfield. So you don't have to worry about burning their red shirts necessarily. At least one of them, you don't have to red shirt. You don't have to worry about burning their red shirt. You can let them red shirt. Uh, I'm sure Will Shipley is probably going to get on the field. Uh, he's in a class all of his own. But, you know, he's got a verified 4-4-40. And he's more of a build-up runner than a sudden burst runner. You know, he's he, he takes a kind of a, a couple steps to get going. But once he gets free, he's gone. And he's he could very well arrive around 215 pounds on campus as a freshman. Like, he's going to have elite speed with great size as a true freshman. And then you add him in there with um, with Lynn J. Dixon and Travis Etienne and then Demarcus Bowman as well. Like, dude, their backfield is going to be stacked for years, man. And I, and I haven't even mentioned the fact that you got Michael Dukes, Ches Malu- uh, Maluzzi, Kobe Pryor. And then, like I talked about, Phil Maffa, who's a recruit this year, who's by the way six foot one, two hundred fifteen pounds. Um, I, I mean, it's it's an embarrassment of riches for a team that has a ton of riches already. This is this is what they do. They reload. They don't rebuild. Clemson does not rebuild. Clemson, Alabama, and Georgia don't rebuild. 
They just reload. And Ohio State's up there as well. Uh, and this is why, though. You see this year in and year out. They have a top 10 recruiting class every year. They have, you know, it, the most, if not if not the most, close to the most five stars who recruit every year. I mean, it's just a tremendous get for Clemson and Dabo. And, and what's ordinarily been kind of a quiet class for them. Um, you know, if you look at the the team rankings as of right now, they are not in the position they normally are. Um, you know, with this th- with this signing, it bumped them up to fourth. But, you know, they were kind of hovering around that lower top 10 area, you know, that wasn't the elite rankings we're used to seeing Clemson. But, you know, with these last couple signings, they've had a couple signings the last couple days, and now they're back up to fourth. And it's only with 10 commits, by the way. You know, you have Ohio State, Tennessee, North Carolina, Clemson, and Florida as your top five right now. And Clemson had, by far has the least amount of commits. They have 10. That's seven less than Ohio State, eight less than Tennessee, four less than North Carolina, and two less than Florida. So they still have a little bit of room, depending on how many scholarships they have left. So, uh, again, you know, Clemson staying hot. It's it's no surprise why they're year in and year out the favorite to win the national championship and a a pretty much guarantee to make the playoffs kind of to wrap up, you know, as we, as we get down some of this news, yeah, I thought I saw something the other day that I thought was very interesting that as of May 6th, and this was an infographic I saw on Instagram as of May 6th, there have been 627 commits this year for the class of 2021. There have been 627 players who have committed. That's more than 2020 and 2019 at this time combined. So it goes to show you what, you know, everything that's going on with the country right now, the shutdown, the quarantines, what kind of impact it's having with these recruits. Because it was essentially recruiting was shut down in March. And since March, and the exact date on the when they shut it down is eluding me. But since March, they've had over four. This class has had over four hundred prospects commit. Over four hundred since March. That's a ton. It's a ton, and I. I mean, as a recruiting guy, I love it. You know, it's it's basically signing day come early, which is going to be very interesting to see. What goes on come signing day? Are we going to see a lot of these players sign? Are they going to honor their commitments? Are they going to decommit? Who knows? I mean, we can't say what we're do- what we're going to be doing in three months. We don't even know if there's going to be a college football season. Knock on wood that uh, there is one. I don't care if there are no fans. Just get them playing, please. Um, I don't need fans or a band. I just need college football in the fall. Um, but so we don't know. I mean, it's so unprecedented right now and it's fascinating to see how it's, how this situation is impacting the recruiting process. You know, there's been, there's been talks like, well, is this because are they scrambling? And I don't know if it's, they're necessarily scrambling, but I think it's, you're going with what you know. You know, you're you're committing now because you don't know what the next three or four months are going to hold. Like, hey, 
I have an offer from Clemson and I have an offer from Michigan State and I have an offer from Arizona State. And I've made an official visit to Clemson. I haven't made one to the other two schools. And it doesn't look like I'm going to make one anytime soon. So now do I sit around and wait and maybe have someone take my spot? Or do I commit now to a known program, to a known quantity, and to a known relationship? I've had relationships. I've met these guys in person. I, I mean, for me, I would commit. You know, I wouldn't wait. Because you don't know what the future holds. Sign it now. Let's, let, let me commit and then come sign a day. I'm signing up. Like, let's go. I'm in. I'm on board. I'm taking the known commodity. So it's going to be very interesting. I, I'm so excited for early signing day in the fall to get started and to really see where these all these early committed recruits go. Um, you know, Do they decommit? Do they stay? What do they do? And... I, I, I don't think anybody really knows the answer until all this gets cleared up. And I think if they can't resume taking visits on campus in the fall, then I don't think we're headed to a, a big decommitment. I think you're going to see people hold tight. Now, people can start taking visits again, which I'm highly skeptical of because there's already I'm already skeptical that Universities are going to open up in the fall, at least all of them, um, a majority of them, you know, maybe half do, depending on the state they're in. But if they don't, you're definitely not going to be able to visit. And even if they do, I guarantee you there's going to be parameters like, hey, there's no family visiting, there's no off campus visiting. Like, I get it's probably going to be sort of like a mini quarantine on, on campus. Like, you, if you're in class on campus next year, you're probably going to be pretty much locked down outside of breaks. Now, I don't know how they're going to be able to enforce that. You know, I don't know, but I would imagine there's going to be some pretty strict guidelines. There might even be curfews. Ugh, that would suck. But that'd be crazy. There might be curfews. So, I, in my opinion right now, I think there'll be college football in the fall. I think it's going to be with no fans. And I don't think recruiting's still going to be like it was prior to this, you know, Situation. I don't think there's going to be a lot of recruits coming in. Because how are you going to host 20, 30 recruits if there's if you still have to social distance? You know, you can't have fans because you can't have more than ten people together. So it's just going to be a lot of hurdles. I think it's going to be you know coaches still might be able to fly out and meet with the kids uh, or or scout them, but I don't think there's going to be there's going to be kids coming in. So I think the commitments are going to stay. There's probably going to be some decommitments, but I don't think it's going to be this rash of decommitments come the fall. So. Well, we appreciate it, guys. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, this has been a, the first ever recruiting roundup episode for Prospects 101. We're excited to bring you this weekly, every Friday morning. We're, this is gonna, this is gonna, this episode is gonna drop, uh, and it's gonna give you the top recruiting news. I will not always be doing this solo. It just kind of happened to work out this way. But my co-hosts Gless and Pastel are gonna are gonna join in, and, and you know what? It might be those two one day. Uh, just doing a show, or it could be Gless Solo or my other host, Pastel Solo. You know, so this isn't going to be the standard, but there is going to be a recruiting roundup that drops every Friday so you can get caught up on your recruiting news and kind of hear maybe some some opinions from a different perspective. As always, please leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, and that way 
you know, you can share this with other football fans and they can come in and take a look and hopefully get some great information, get some great news and, and opinions from, you know, a, b- a bunch of guys who are going to analyze and discuss football and recruits and prospects, you know, beyond the industry standard. So appreciate you guys for listening. Thanks. Have a great day.